Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 70. 70 it is. This episode, we're going to be reviewing My Life by Mary J. Blige and Summer of Soul. All right, Tawana. Since we're celebrating all this wonderful blackness today. Blackness and Harlemness. And the Harlemness all day. All of it. It's just I'm just so excited about this episode. It's been a. I am excited too. It's been a fun ride this summer with a lot of different content that we're streaming. But yes, I think yes. that uh, this is one that's going to be kind of fun. Um, what are you going to drink today to celebrate? Well, today to celebrate, I went over to our favorite brewery, or like they're not a brewery. They're they're almost there. They keep doing a lot of collabs. I think yeah. they're two seconds from it. They're going to get there. It's our favorite neighborhood bar. Yes. And it's called Harlem Hops in Harlem, U.S. of A. Yes. Uh, if you haven't been there, highly recommend you take a trip. City's open. We back in the streets. Yes, we Bring are. your mask and your cash and yes. your favorite friend, unless you like drinking alone, and head over to Harlem Hops and get what I have, which is Le Renaissance du Monde, okay. which means rebirth of the world, is... What it is is it's a uh, it's a Harlem style triple. I can't really find what makes it Harlem style, <laughs> but I'm assuming maybe because it's birth within the Harlem. There might be something the about notes, the flavors. Like like the only thing different is that it's not as spicy, but um, as a as a traditional triple. But it, it was made in collaboration with Harlem Hops, Four City Brewing, which I've reviewed before. Harlem Blue Beer, which I've reviewed before. All purchased at Harlem Hops, actually. <laughs> um, and in collaboration with Vinyl Crown Records and the visual artist Roosevelt Black Rose Taylor. Uh, La Renaissance du Monde combines beer beats and art with the mastery of some of the industry's top black artisans to create an indelible imbibe uh, experience the community is craving. And essentially they're, they're crafting us as truly a work of art. This is sort of their um, post-pandemic emergence, right? To celebrate mm-hmm. all forms of art and give credit to where all that it's due. You know, this is their, their new world emerging. And so when you go in, they're really repping it. And... Um, I got a uh, a growler, oh no, a crowler, which is like the a smaller, smaller one. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do the cans. So if you're interested in taking a go, you know, um, I really enjoy it. You know, so some some of the traditions of a Belgian triple because Belgian beers are very traditional, monk base usually, right? Uh, all the traditional tropes of like how they make their beer specifically. So I guess that's where the Harlem style comes in. They probably making it apart from Belgium using a recipe. They make it their way. Uh, so it's it, it's it's complex in its flavoring, and sometimes it's it combines a mild spicy flavor that characterizes the style. But this one in particular doesn't have spicy notes. I don't I don't taste it. Okay. Um, you're you're supposed to drink it. Maybe as it warms, because you're supposed to drink it at, like, sort of 50 degrees. Mm. It's supposed to be a warmed beer. Uh, I left it out a little bit. It did warm up some. Can I taste it? Yeah, sure. It definitely has... uh, It is similar to strong ales. Um, I'm sorry. It is similar to Belgian-style strong ales, but it's generally darker. This is very light and has a more noticeable malt sweetness. Uh, very tasty. I definitely taste the, the malts. Uh, it's kind of fruity. It has some fruit. There's some notes fruit in, here. in there somewhere. 
I'm not sure where Because I is. taste pineapple. Oh, it's definitely not. I'm getting a pineapple note. It, it, that's what it tastes like to me. That's what you're getting. But um, it's definitely note? some kind of pineapple mango-y. There's a fruit element for me. Is there? So. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really seeing it. But I'm sure maybe it's in the brewing that, that Four City did. Because right. Four City Brewing... You know, I've tried them before, and they've got some really interesting ones. I think the last one I tried was like a chai beer that they had or something, which was really interesting. Okay. But um, all these companies are black-owned also, um, and they're using black artists to do this push. Uh, but it's a nice beer. Drink smooth and easy. Uh, because it is a triple, if you really want to drink it the proper way and get the proper notes... You need to use a tulip-style glass, which is, you know, budding on the bottom and scoops up into a big open mouth because mm-hmm. you want to let the air in. You also want to not drink it straight out of the fridge because you're not going to get all the notes you're supposed to get. So you, you want to let it warm up a bit. And I know in America we don't normally let things warm up. We're traditionally conditioned to drink things ice cold. But in the traditions of other countries, uh, Belgium, uh, Europe, UK, you know, they drink their beer a little warmer. Right. Um, and so it's the proper way to do it. And so, you know, why not give it a try? It's not going to hurt you. But mm-hmm. I give this a plus. It was pretty tasty. And I wanted to represent the theme of what's going on in this episode right. and the place. Right. Because Harlem is the Mecca. Harlem of black the... life. Yep. African-American worlds. Yes. The diaspora. And so all the cultures envelop in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And so these these films sort of um, bring that out. So cheers to Harlem. Cheers to Harlem and, and all the cultures from, from the African-American culture to the African culture itself yes. that's here to the Latin culture Latin culture here. like Cuban everything, and Puerto Rican. Everything is here. And yes. so uh, I also... What do you have? Chose a Harlem-inspired beverage. Uh, this one is Harlem Standard. It's their American Straight Whiskey. It is. Uh, it's. It's uh, in celebration of the 1920s Harlem and the Harlem Renaissance. So it was right. all about jazz and art and poetry and all of the creators and the talent that was here during that Prohibition era, where you know we were still doing our thing up here. Yes, always. And 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 having a good time and creating so much energy and excitement in the world. And uh, this brand is is kind of in celebration of that. They're they're planning ultimately to have their own distillery here in Harlem one day. Once we get past this pandemic, they're, they're definitely going to make that happen. This uh, brand is currently being distilled out of um, Barsdale. Well, it's, they're, gonna, they're doing parts of it in Indiana, and then they're distilling it out of Barsdale, Indy. I'm sorry, Barsdale, Kentucky, mm-hmm. which there are a lot of brands coming out of Kentucky. So that that town in Kentucky must be full of just distilleries all over the place kind of like new york and it's microbrews yeah there's a lot <laughs> yes um there's a lot coming out of barstown kentucky so uh, celebration to that um and the, the beauty of this brand is that it's been this particular blend is that it's seven years old it's 101 proof so it's quite strong mm. <laughs> it's been aged in in uh spray side barrels which are the barrels usually for scotches okay uh for seven years so that's good and it gives it a a deeper richer flavor right um very expensive actually but uh i think it was worth it i'm enjoying this one this is and it's a mix of you know it's um 95 percent wheat grain hints of vanilla cream and it has a good charred oaky flavor to it that little spicy it was definitely smoke yeah because this is a whiskey this is not necessarily a bourbon but it once again it gives you that flavor, but it's mellow. It's not too... Yeah, it's mellow. It's, it's not too overbearing. If you like a neat drink, you can take it. But I'm definitely loving it neat. And I would actually, if I were going to mix it in a cocktail, I would maybe do like an old-fashioned or something like that. We're going to... We, but I think that this, this kind of stuff really tastes kind of good. And I was really... Because it has a little hint of a ryeness, but I think that's because of the oakiness. Yeah. So, um, but I, I definitely enjoy it. Rye is definitely more peppery right mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah there's a little finish yeah so but uh, i'm i'm really enjoying it and i i would highly recommend it their website is great they have a bunch of recipes they have, they have a great instagram too in, i've in, talked to them from time to time including 
my favorite Harlem old fashioned because I've actually made my version of the Harlem old yes, fashioned. Yes, yes, you have. And the Harlem Manhattan version. So yes, I, I yes. which I'm going to actually post in my um, my company's. We're we're doing a cookbook which will also include oh, cocktails. Nice. So I'm going to share my Harlem drink with them. But um, like I said, I think this is a great one. They have a great recipe for Harlem strawberry lemonade and a ginger breeze, which has a ginger ale in it, which you know we love on this yeah. show. Um, so like, like I said, I think this this drink brings all these things together. And, and once again, it's a celebration of Harlem and the culture and the people and the energy and the music, the vibe, the art. So I think that the life and the life. So I think that this is a great way to celebrate it. Um, I'm sure you can find it in some of your specialty locations. So when you say price point, what are we talking? Like, what was your price point? This bottle was $89. Okay, so but, that's a little, uh, and a little it's, pricey. And it's $750. Okay, $750 for the, for the count. Right. So, I mean, you know, but it, this you is know, a celebratory bottle. This is a celebratory bottle. It's in for everyday sipping. This ain't for everyday This sipping. is for special occasions. And, Unless you um, got everyday sipping cash. Right. You know, this is special <laughs> occasions. But, you know, you can't always can't always blow buy the cheapest thing on the shelf i think we yeah, need to also true. celebrate with some good some good beverages and so, tawana's always finding those higher end drinks they're not your budweiser's and, and yeah, heineken's and cores and all those things you can get off the shelf sometimes you have to you but know you gotta look a little bit spread Fine. your palate out spread your palate out mm-hmm. celebrate yourself a little bit this is the bar cart yes yes bottle you put it on there when yes. you want to have a nice little something. It's sitting right next to my Blanton's, which I, you know. You refuse to open. I just refuse to open. I have to have a really, really special like occasion Jesus for that one. knocked on your door. Right. And you're like, gee. I said, it's time to drink. Jay, let's hit it. Now let's let's hit it. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what we're drinking today, folks. And, Exciting. Uh, like I said, uh, we'll post uh, some links to it on our websites and yes. stuff. So, uh, really in our social. Really tasty day. So, just enjoy. Yes, please enjoy so do we have any industry news? Yeah, well, what we're basically talking about with industry news is the fact that people are actually coming back to theaters now, and it's, it's happening. It's happening slowly in some places, especially in the, in the Northeast, but mm-hmm. down south and out west, you know, in the Midwest, they're they've been going to the movie theaters for quite some time. They've but I think before. that we're actually going to. Um, you're going to see more activity and more people coming to back to theaters because a lot of these movies are not streaming the way they were. Well, yeah. Before. I mean, they're still giving you the option, though. Majority yeah. of the movies have a streaming option. If they don't have it initially, they have it 30 days after. Yeah, so it's like a switch. Like mm-hmm. HBO does it before. Right. Paramount does it after. Um, I don't really know what Amazon's doing. They don't really seem to have a thing. But then Hulu also has some stuff going on. So it's like. You know, if right. you're still, if the comfortability level is still not there for you, I get it. I live in New York City. So, yeah. um, you know, you still got options. You can't wall yourself in forever. We're going to watch some films and slowly make our way back into society. Right. Absolutely. And like I said, we, Tawana and I are actually, and Kevin, we're going to drag Kevin to the movies with yes. us too. Because <laughs> Kevin, you're going to go too. When we, yes. When we go back to the theater for the first screen that we have in the theater, yes. all three of us are going to be together. Yes, and we're going to experience that and share it in our we're social We're going to work media. our way back. Since AMC <laughs> is taking my money, I need to use it. Exactly. We can't <laughs> let them just keep taking our no, money. No, they just started. They only get one free month. That's yeah, so let's, <laughs> let's definitely That's, get back to the theaters. And if you guys just... You know, support the movies and support the content, you know, because I think that we need we need all these creators to keep working and we need yeah. the the stuff to keep happening. So if we have to support it in some kind of way, whether you're watching it on streaming or right. going to the theater, because we need the arts. We need this kind of entertainment. Yes. It's a we good, need, it's a good rem- break from return. reality. Yes. It's also, you know, a, a good way to learn because we yes. learned a lot of things in these documentaries that we're we talking have, about today. We have. We've learned a lot so about them. I think that's what's important to to get people to understand there's a lot of knowledge they can also and be there's a lot from, of knowledge also what film. i think is missing in people's lives is community right and because we've been sheltered in place and we haven't been out yet new york is starting to bring back its music scene live music scene right. like live art theater comes back in september yes um our movie theaters are back now and so i myself am a huge live music person huge Film is first and music is absolutely second. And I miss it. I really, truly miss a concert, a live concert, live music and people enjoying. And what I I have to say is this, this, like, the thing is is that 
Yes, we can watch things on streaming and we've gotten accustomed to it. I myself tried to resist it at first because I didn't want to see certain things in this perspective. Mm -hmm. But at this point, you know, if you're vaccinated or if you're not and you just feel safe and you want to wear your mask, whether you're vaccinated or not, um, you know, there's something about the movie going experience. It has been one of my favorite all time venues. It's my way to express myself. And it's it's always been my way for good times and bad, you know, friends solo, taking myself on solo dates to movies no one else wants to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been one of my safe spaces. Yeah. And I love a movie theater. I'm sure you do, too, if you're listening to this show. Right. Uh, and we miss it. And I think we all owe it to ourselves to inch our ways back as as best as possible and our connection that brought all three of us together kevin tawana and myself is film and and movies so that's why we we like to celebrate it in all forms and i think that documentary is one of those one of those forms that's really really true and really kind of unearths some things And, and i think that you know, yes, I love a narrative film and I love that kind of storytelling, but it's right. interesting to find out some new things about people and culture and yeah. experiences that you didn't necessarily know. And you've always been more of a fan of docs yes. than I have been. Yeah. But over time, through film school and all, I've learned to appreciate the right. value of them and uh, and understand the cinematography of them. Right, the cinematography, the techniques you use. Yes. And it's not your typical talking heads and, right. and, and, and you know, just a bunch of uh, photo imagery and stuff like that. There's a lot of things happening, animation, yeah. and so many things going on. They're doing so on. many things, photo uh, editing tricks within with, it. With, tricks with audio. Montage. And I, I think that there's so many things that you can do. Yes. Narration in, in the documentary form that you, you might miss out on in a, in a regular narrative story. But um, so let's talk a little bit about Mary J. Blige. Yeah, and Mary my J. Life. Blige's My Life. So this film is about Grammy winning recording artist and actress Mary J. Blige, who reveals the demons and blessings that inspired her 1994 LP My Life and celebrates the 25th anniversary of her most influential work by performing the album live for the first time. Directed by Vanessa Roth, I really appreciate that all the heads of state were women. Mm -hmm. Um, Vanessa Roth is known to do a number of documentaries. I don't particularly know any of her work, but she has a lot under her belt in terms of docs. She's done a lot for National Geographic, Mary's of course, uh, Liberation Heroes, The Girl in the Picture, Daughters of Destiny. If any of these ring a bell, she is the filmmaker who brought them to life. Highly look up her work if you're in the docs. She seems to be pretty well apt. The cinematographer, uh, however, is a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Kalila uh, Robinson is her name. Uh, I don't know a lot of her work either, but she's an American uh, cinematographer who's made American Murderer. Uh, thank you, come again. She's done a lot of TVs, a lot of shorts, some docs. A lot of her stuff seems to be shorts and minis, mm-hmm. uh, like miniseries. But nevertheless, she's a black woman out here doing her thing. And I really appreciate that Vanessa chose a black cinematographer to understand the nuances of right of black Mary J. Blige skin, and her experience, black life. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there were moments that she knew how to used for the benefit of the of the documentary and where right. you know pull back right and so um yeah let's begin and and i have to i have to spotlight also the music in this film and how music was used because quincy jones was the executive music director for this this project yeah and um along with sean puffy Combs. yeah him and puffy were executive producers and as well. I, it's just the power of the music alone says so much about Mary and Mary's experience and, and what she means to, to black culture and black women. Yes. So I think that it, it brought it all together yeah. in, in just a beautiful way because the, the sound also was great in this piece. Um, go ahead, Tawana, let's hear your thoughts uh, first. Well, I'll start off on my usual way of how I absorb all this cinematically. Um, I really enjoyed the nuanced animation and photo montages. I thought they were done really well. Mm-hmm. I thought they helped to tell the story and fill in the holes where we didn't actually have footage for those existing periods that they were speaking of. Right. Um, I thought the story was greatly told in chapters, which is really nice because, you know, in 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 as in, in relational aspect to Mary, 
my life, so to speak, it reads almost like a book. Right. So, you know, I, I appreciate that they broke it into chapters. You know, it was lovely. We start off with her as a child and as a child um, and then her as a teenager which were two really important parts of her life which she references which she constantly. references constantly i thought they were really lovely i think she had a puffy chapter that sort of crafted her image with andre harrell as well mm -hmm. um who was sort of like her godfather in a sense and then mary's change into womanhood and that chapter um and the options uh, that girls have, the girls' opinions of themselves, uh, mm -hmm. that, that was a great chapter. And, and then there was a trans, transcendent chapter of her transcending from Yonkers into celebrity and her life with KC um, from um, Jodeci, the singer from Jodeci, if you're familiar with the music, and that whole touring chapter. And then they, they veer back into like, they fast forward because she's had a million albums. So right. they fast forward into her current life and how she reflects on what she's learned and who she is and the, 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 the connection she has to her fans and um, herself as a person, how she's learned to be who she is, you know, and I am thankful that she mentions like therapy and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that we acknowledge that, you know, when you're a person, an oppressed person living in uh, public housing, essentially, we the colloquialism is the projects, right? Mm -hmm. You are in an oppressive system um, that doesn't give you a lot of structure. You live in a place that a lot of times has abuse, has poverty, has addictions um violence and violence and violence against women violence against each other you know men too um and so she grew up in this space and she talks about how that was a big influence on her life and how she couldn't wish for more because she knew it would be taken from her coming from a place like this but lo and behold she survived through the depths of pain and struggle and strife and um you know we all got these moments right mm -hmm. we all have these artists I always liked Mary a lot. I really uh, resonated with the 411 right. album, which was before this. Right, definitely. Um, because I resonated with her imagery, you know, the aesthetic of her clothing, uh, her being just a regular black woman. She wasn't like the posh Diana Ross right. or, or uh, the singers of the 50s and the 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, she was a little more urban, a little more street, a little right. more... Um, little more uh she resonated well with people and so when my life came my life i was still pretty young i was like 17 when my life came out uh 17 18 and so i was still on the 411 remix and all that but i did a priest mary j blige and my mom actually said well 411's for you this one's for the grown folks mm -hmm. you know <laughs> but you know i i respect how women came up to Mary and really resonated with them. For me, my resignations lie with, say, Jill Scott or Erica Badu, because those were my women that were coming up and speaking what I was living through at the time. Right. Um, Mary does have moments in which I resonate because we're human. Mm -hmm. And uh, she speaks of pain and overcoming it and, uh, and, and finding who you truly are and moving forward. And I, I did appreciate the film a great deal. Well, you know, for me, it's funny that you mentioned it because for me, I was all about the 411 and, and Mary's introduction into music mm -hmm. and what Mary was doing, singing R&B over these hip hop, hip -hop tracks, tracks yes, and working with these different hip hop artists that you, you didn't hear that before. That just was not happening right. in the way that she brought it to the street. And and she was she was a regular girl. She was a girl around the way girl. She was a singer. She had talent, but you know she she didn't grow up with with access to a lot of things. But she brought so much to the Soul. table, and and that whole uptown music and that whole revolution that Andre Harrell was doing, yeah. Andre you know, and Puffy and Puffy that that didn't happen for you. Yeah. You didn't have these young black people bringing this culture to the world. Right. You know there wasn't a space for us to create that for ourselves during that time. So it spoke to what we as young people wanted to hear on the streets. Right. Now, I was a little older than you, so I yes. was in my 20s, yeah. my, my mid-20s, when all this started to blow up and come up. 
And so I was like, oh, this is exciting. This is the, this is the music of the street. This is what mm-hmm. everybody wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was a blend of what we were always listening to as R and B. Yeah. But we also got to hear hip hop. Yeah, there was a in, riff in the in the music. So and, and because we were so engrossed in, in hip hop at the time and the way it was yeah. growing up, it, it, it just made so many things happen. Now, as she progressed into my life, my life why it resonated with me was because if you were ever in a in a a dark space or any kind of like a depression or any kind of sadness my life really kind of knocked on all those notes it did and um and helped a lot of people she tapped into that and i I just remember playing that song my life my over and over and over those are the songs that you know when you're trying to get to work or when you when you're going through something you just keep listening because all she was talking about in that song was just wanting to be happy yeah and and there is just something about and and even the song um happy there is just so many moments where she's she's reaching out for better things to happen for herself yeah and now what what happened for me and mary is that her music kind of lived in that space a little bit too long for me so I, there was a period when i moved away from mary yeah me too i moved away from mary and I came because back. there was a lot of trauma there and drama and, and stuff that I could it was just with. i didn't necessarily it, it wasn't happening for me and right. i didn't know people that it was happening too right so it wasn't something that you know and as a man we just don't have these kinds of emotion emotional journeys as it relates to pain yeah. but but uh, you should and we should yes not to say we should especially black men not to say we shouldn't because we yeah. don't really tap into that the way right. we should yeah. in a non-aggressive way. Yes. But I think that what her music said to me and as I as I watched her growing up, because yeah. I literally feel like I watched her. We literally her, watched Mary grow. You know, become this this very powerful woman in the industry. Auntie Mary now, you know, she's She's a whole different other person now. Yes. But I think that because I remember her from the Howard Homecoming days in the 90s, you know, where she was twisted on the stage and threw the mic down and walked off she talks about did all those things you know during that period abuse. but i think we were all kind of in that weird space of using drugs alcohol things to kind of keep yeah. pushing us through our day-to-day lives because it wasn't happy for everybody and yeah. you know so i think that i can resonate it really it resonates with me and yeah. i relate to that in that experience but i what i love about mary was that throughout the whole thing she when she got her record deal she was about moving her mom and yes, her, family her family out of the project she was about getting them stable she was going to do whatever she had to do to make sure that they were able to live a better life yeah. beyond what she necessarily wanted to do for herself because she was a fish out of water in this whole experience she really was. you know and she was young she was like 19 years old she was like didn't even know what this world was about but Mm -hmm. she was willing to take a chance because she wanted to help her mother and so it's just like when you and everybody and and she lives in her music like her music is what the only thing it freed her that freed her and made her happy right until she realized who she was and then she could be and she talks about still struggling with it every day but you know life is a struggle right growth is a process right. it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen in a vacuum and, and so. just watching the reaction of the the fans and the, and yeah. the women that they interviewed that yeah. were so moved and men that were so moved, moved by her yeah. music and inspired yeah. to to one survive to keep fighting right. to keep moving forward yeah. that she she showed them that could happen you know yeah. that, that it's all possible I mean, and she I, literally stopped some of them from committing suicide right and that's the saddest part she talked about her dark days when she even wanted to commit suicide she thought she wouldn't live past this album so it's just it's so what makes me sad about that is there there's so many people who live in that world that they yes. don't think that things are good good things are going to happen to them or right. that they don't they might want it but they they're afraid to wish for it they're yeah. afraid to they're hope afraid for to it grab it we're not so, when it's present no one is supposed to live like that and yeah. it's it's unfortunate that we have people living like that now yes and 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 the fact that you know she talked about being a young girl and being abused in in, in spaces that are not safe for women for women that's a very powerful experience when you have a, a situation where you're you don't feel safe as a child mm-hmm. and then if you don't feel safe as a child you're not going to feel safe as an adult yes so it's just a it's just to wrap your head around that and just to know how hard it is to live your day-to-day life yeah. if that's your big fear you know yeah. if you fear what's gonna happen when you get home if, if there's violence or you yeah. know abuse of some sort at home or you know, so that but also like that she spoke of me. like mental illness, like depression, right. right? 
what that means and that's synonymous across races ethnicities cultures genders everything genders Mm -hmm. i mean uh, mental illness is is a hard pill to swallow and uh but it's real it's real Mm -hmm. and i'm sure she still deals with it because she they sort of alluded to it but i I suspect that she's been depressed since a child. Right. Um, yeah. And and she's really worked really hard to get herself out of it. Yeah. And she's um, going to counseling. She, she goes to counseling. The power of counseling. She proudly speaks about it with Taraji P. Henson, mm-hmm. um, who also has a whole thing um, that she's that she uh, promotes black mental health. Right. And. Um, because it's, it's a part of wellness. It's a part of fitness. It's a part you of have everything. To, it's a part of everything that it's about yourself. So if because that's the center of who you are. Yeah. And so I think that you know as hope I'm so glad that we as black people get to hear other black people, people say, talking about yeah you know mental health and positive mental health. It's important. Issues, so. And you know if you feel as if listening to this show that you too have that issue, there are so many options to Absolutely. reach out for. In the show notes, I'll put up some Please some links. But there are so just as this is for everyone, but just as specifically um, in terms of Black people, there are so many um, BIPOC uh, organizations that are offering free care mm-hmm. to people. So you're not alone in your struggle. Lots of people feel the way you feel, and uh, as Mary said, you got to live your life. And move forward, right? So, what are, what are you rating us? Absolutely, I'm. I'm I ha- and you know what? And I'm mad with myself for thinking, oh, this is just gonna be a sad. We really trip. did think like, oh I was, my god, I was mad be because just based on how Mary's music has been, sometimes even though now you know what? I mean, what, she got some party music. She got some straight party. She's got some straight party <laughs> music, and and not to sidetrack that because you know her music is fun time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even. When I listen to her talk about the lyrics, right. you hear in the lyrics where it's it's just coming off of some crazy situation, yeah. you know, and you don't even think about it that way. When we were listening to it, one of those beats was hitting hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, so we were so caught up in the beats and then a lot of times. But when you dig deeper into those lyrics yeah. and I was like, OK, but Mary, what I appreciate most about Mary, and this is why I'm giving this movie a five okay. out of five, is that. Mary has, she has, one, found herself as a woman. She's found herself as an artist. She's, she's grown way past just music. She's, she's got her own wine now. She has television shows. She is a mogul. (laughs) And to, to come from From, this crazy ass project in the Yonkers and, and feeling like she didn't belong there. She was bullied. She was abused. There was so many things happening to this woman, but where she has gone to now and where she is as a person and all the things that she has been through has built her foundation and made her foundation strong and i think that that her 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 life is a testament to what you can overcome and what you can build because she has built it and she was surrounded by other people that were building like puffy and that whole uptown crew they were all all about building all the new producers yeah and when they showed that that celebration her it was her birthday they were celebrating that year they were celebrating one of her birthdays she was so humbled and so honored that all these people that were around her because she didn't surround herself with a bunch of hangers on so but she surrounded her core with those people that she knew she could trust and that she knew had their had her back so I love to see when you've reached that point where you can look back and celebrate. And even when it brought tears to her, they weren't tears of pain. They were tears of joy because it felt like she overcame whatever she was going through at the time. So that's why I have to give this film. And I want people to watch it. I'm I'm going to shout um, it out to the world. It's on Prime. So please give it a look. If you've got Prime or steal your friend's code, who cares? Jump into Um, it. Jump into it and watch it if you can. I, too, will give it a five. I think what resonates most with me about this film is this was Mary J. Blige from Yonkers. Her projects had a weird name. It's like Schmall, Schmall. Yeah, some Shimmel weird Mall. place. But this could easily be any of them. Rockaway projects. Yeah, any of them. Projects, the various projects in Rockaway uh, in Queens, New York. This could be 40 projects in Queens, New York. This could be Red Hook in Brooklyn. This could be Gravesend in Brooklyn. This could be name of projects in the nation. This right. could be it. Yep. So there are thousands upon 
thousands upon thousands of Marys in the world. And just from Mary's existence, she has helped them survive and thrive. So I too will give it a five because I did think, oh man, it's gonna be really sad and I'm not in that space where I wanna be sad, but it wasn't sad, it was cathartic. And I think if you need a little bit of this, this in your life, you should give it a shot. Yeah, because I if, left uplifted. If you're also too young to understand Mary, like you feel like that's your mom's and your grandma's music or your auntie's music, like give it a shot. Yeah. It's open to everybody. Music is music. Yeah, take a li- and, there's no age limit on music. And with that, the perfect example of it is Summer of Love. Yeah. Or in the parentheses, as it says, or when the revolution could not be televised. Absolutely. Uh, directed by everybody's beloved Questlove, yeah. leader of the Roots, yes. the hip hop band, uh, drummer extraordinaire, uh, producer extraordinaire. He's had a number of hits. Um, what was that one he just did? Soul? Mm-hmm. The Disney? Was it mm-hmm. Disney or Pixar? It's one of those. I think it's Pixar. Yeah, um, yeah it's one of them. Uh, it's Pixar. You can find it somewhere. Uh, but, um, yeah, really, the roots actually have been synonymous in my life and in um, oh, yes. my upbringing. And so. And that roots picnic is insane. That roots picnic is insane, which I've actually never been <laughs> oh, to. Oh, so much fun. Um, but I've loved the roots and seen them many times live and uh, never get tired of listening to their music. Actually, they're playing brick in the city. In Brooklyn, okay, and outdoors, so I might actually get tickets to that. Go do it. Um, but uh, if anybody wants to go, give me a shout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to hang. It's in the it's in the park, y'all. We ain't inside. All right, free fresh air. All right, but anyway, Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised is a feature documentary about the legendary 1969. Harlem Cultural Festival, which celebrated African-American music and culture and promoted black pride and unity. Starring a million people. Yes. (laughs) You could start with Roy Roy Ayers. You could start with Ethel Beattie. You could do uh, Barbara Bland Acosta. Like, they had so many people in this uh, work. Um, You know, Stevie Wonder, Jesse Jackson... Uh, Gladys Knight, uh, on and Mahalia on. Jackson, Mahalia the Jackson, singers. Al Sharpton was in it. Chris Rock, Sly, Dimension, Sly Stone, you know, um, pretty much everybody was in it. Um, and 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 it was it was just the epitome of the celebration of. Harlem and black culture. Yes. Uh, it was a soul music festival. Uh, but if you know anything about Harlem, it wasn't just music. It was music. It was culture. It was food. It was life. Uh, yeah. They. It was uh, family because everybody it was family. Was there. They say in 1969, it was the same summer as Woodstock. It was the same summer as the, the moon, them landing on the moon. But right. this was the most important thing to black people at the time. Yeah. It was over 300,000 people who attended at Mount Morris Park, but was never seen for 50 years. I'll start on this time. Yes. Okay. I I don't even, there was so much magic in this movie. Yes. And I have to compliment Tony, was Tony Williams? No, it's the, a, I believe his name is like Tony. Tony Lawrence. Hold on. Yeah, Tony Lawrence. Tony Lawrence. Who produced this, the show. This man... This man, I have to give him his props. He he must be gone. I wonder why he wasn't in this movie. Yeah, he's gone. But I, I think that this man was so just to pull all this together and to and to bring the forces together to make this happen. The yeah. the the political intrigue behind the fact that he wanted to create a music festival in Harlem in 1969 during all this crazy racial unrest still and and all the things that was happening in 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 the country you know while you know some folks were upstate new york at woodstock he's like well i wanted something for the people here in the city he wanted to create this this energy and this magic for those people who wanted to hear our music and celebrate our music and our culture and bring and in this film you saw grandma grandpa the kids 
mom, dad, everybody was there. Everybody was there. This park is literally around the corner from where Tawan and I live. Yeah, it's not far. And we go there all the time. And it's so funny that they had. I never knew this took place. Three hundred thousand people there. It's just so funny how immersed we are in culture and and history in this very neighborhood. In this neighborhood, so much happens in Harlem, and so much has happened in Harlem that it just amazes me. But the 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 depth of the music that was brought to us, and that's the thing about black people, we're not just one type of music. We're several different genres of music. Yeah. And so all of the genres came together. You had. You had gospel, you had blues, mm-hmm. you had jazz, you had soul, you had what was South what African was new jazz. and funk. You had Latin music in here. There was so yeah. much. There was so much happening in there this one jazz. place. Everybody was celebrated. Everybody was there welcomed. There was comedy. Right. There was just. It was just the fashion was even yeah, a, a the point. Fashion of, was a thing. I was just like, why everybody fly to stand outside in the heat? You know. As yeah. hot as it had to be because it was summer. And, yeah. you know, but everybody was looking good. They they were going somewhere. Right. You know, they had a plan. Yeah. And, you know, even the people that had to sneak and get to the festival because they weren't allowed because they, they were too young. Because they were too young. But the whole thing, was, and this, was, this went on for a couple of days in the city. So that was the just the fact that you could have this kind of thing and it wasn't about it wasn't about oppression it wasn't about drugs it wasn't about violence it wasn't about any of those things trauma and drama mm-hmm. it was about the celebration of black music and black culture just just Nina Simone standing up there reading that poem Oof, you know I love just her. just blew my mind and to just to just to see Stevie Wonder playing the drums so young at 19 years I was just like Stevie is killing it right now. Killing it and playing his instruments and play like just living his life. He was so he was because this was the moment Super when he young. was stepping away from Motown yeah. and getting ready to go with form his own yeah. his own form and his own yeah. identity. And I, it was just just magic to see it. Just to, and just to have yeah. you know the Hawkins singers up next to Staples uh, the Staples singers and then you had Fifth Sly Dimension. and the Family Stone Fifth Gladys Knight and the Pips. The yeah. Temptation. It was just David to see Ruffin. everybody there, and David Ruffin. That he was just coming out of the Temptations at that time, and, so interesting, and, and coming into his own. So I think that it was a, and this was something that was never celebrated. And during this time, and it's interesting, they also brought about the political things that was yeah, happening. Yeah, they at this spoke time about revolution and how we were, Evolution. we were never about this whole space shit, you know, and the the moon landing, black people. Because the thing about it, and it's poor. still to this. Is still to this point today I was where say, you have Jeff Bezos, you know, Branson and Bezos right. worrying about getting to the fucking space where you're spending millions of dollars to just get to there for this, five minutes, right? To be there for five minutes and to come fucking back, and you're not really achieving. But you're anything. not achieving anything right. that's happening in terms of you're people, not helping anybody. People but you're dying, just doing it. People living, people dealing with COVID. People, right. his own people are not being treated well in Amazon. Right, right. So, so it's just, that, it just amazes me that we're still in the same place yes. when it comes to certain things that America likes to celebrate. But it celebrate. doesn't amaze me because this is America. Right, that America likes to celebrate and the fact that this film was was buried away. No one wanted to buy it. No one wanted yeah. to, you know, I, I commend the director for wanting yeah, to create this, to shoot this project. No, the original director yeah, the original who shot director. all of this. I forgot his name. They, they mentioned him at the end of the film. Just to do all of this and try to shop it around and, and show it because the thing is, he actually wanted to show it to the rest of the world. Yeah, but he did. nobody wanted to see it. But yeah. you know why nobody wanted to see it? it was a professional piece. Right. No, the reason why nobody wanted to see it is because we were doing well. We were surviving. Right. We were thriving. We were doing Living, living our best life showing our and, true faces and all of our talent yes. and nobody wants to see that but they can watch us a million times and they some, can steal from some us. drug drama but and this, steal our and talent steal the culture and whitewash exactly it. exactly and that's the point that this film shows well and even when they were talking to the audience at the, of the people at the time they were all about being there and celebrating the music yeah. and celebrating the culture and the families that all came out there yep. together and the fact that you can have everybody had a piece of something everybody out there watching this thing for days yes that that speaks volumes to itself with all the things that we were going through in 1969 as a there people was a, there was a protest at, at currently at the same time to release 12 imprisoned um, Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. And the Black Panthers were doing the, the security for the 
for the festival. Right, because they had to make sure that one, it was safe and secure for people right. to come to. And, you know, the police weren't going to get involved. The police were there, but they weren't going to get involved. They were just going to be on the fringe just to, if something went down. Right. And, you know, but what I loved about it also was the fact that, and I often complain about this sometimes because I get tired of it all the time on the street. But, you know, all the vendors and the, the things that was happening around it. But, but I also love that and I appreciate it because the fact is, we all know we're not going to be buying a bunch of stuff no. from all these different expensive vendors. No. And because it was enough, because you know, they had to pay for a ticket to be in that place. So it wasn't free. But I think that. Did they? I think it was free. I don't know. Was it, it was free? free. It was, it was free. actually free? No, it was free. Well, there you go. That, that it makes it It was even free because the point was that he was trying to reach out to the community and want to get everybody involved and wanted well, see, everyone involved. Well, there you go. That makes it even better. Um, they were just stopping at capacity or whatever. Right, because it got to be a lot of people in there. Well, I mean, if you think about it, so Mount Morris Park is really Marcus Garvey Park now. Mm-hmm. And so Marcus Garvey is a huge park. Yeah. Huge. So when you think about what existed then and what exists now. Right. And, it, and the fact that it was sat in the center of all these brownstones and things that were there. It sits there. in the center of the world. Yeah. It says a lot about what it was. Yes. What I really appreciated was the the enormity of the performers. You know, like you said, we mm-hmm. got a young Stevie Wonder, a Nina Simone, a young BB King. Fifth Dimension was, which was all on some like um, they were very, free love yeah, they were, type of deal. They, they were, were the from hippies the of us, Midwestern mm-hmm. like life. Mahalia um, Jackson, Pop Stable and the Staple Sisters, uh, Motown singers, Gladys Stevie, David Ruffin. Sly and the Family Stone, which was this interracial, multicultural right. band. And they were from the um, West Coast. They, they were from San Francisco. They were not only about putting people forward in terms of like ethnicity, but in gender as well. You had mm-hmm. women that were playing the trumpets and singing that didn't really do that. You know, um, Ray Barreto and, and, and Mongo, uh, Watermelon Man, you know, all, all of that, like all that was really to see what got me the most and i'm sure they they edited this and fixed it and remastered it but the colors we are colorful people Mm -hmm. it is in our food it is in our life it is on our clothing it is in our it is in our textiles it is it is in the way we speak in the way we walk is in our hair Everything is expressive about blacks. Yes. And and it's one of the things I love most about my people is that you always see us coming, you always know who we are, and we leave you wanting more. And I just, there was so much to this film, right? So the revolution, the music, the performers, the attendees. Yep. We even had Sharpton in the mix, the atmosphere of Harlem, et cetera. The color, like I said, is, is just really beautiful, especially for a 50-year-old print. Like it was just ex- extraordinary, yeah. and how Tony Lawrence was able to produce this show with the help of his network, right, and the help of New York City Mayor at the time, John Lindsay, who was a Republican. Republic. He was like a progressive Republican, yes. though he's like a moderate. What but they he would was call always, today. He was always up here. He was always to with the trying to help the blacks. Um, uh, the sponsorship, uh, Maxwell House. He had. Uh, his network of musicians and entertainers. It was quintessential. It was essentially the quintessential black barbecue, right? There was pop, soul, funk, jazz, gospel, Cuban, South African jazz. There was. Uh, it was like a great revival. If you're ever right. been in the South, yes, the South has these huge revivals, During like the in summertime, the summer. like right now, right? And they, <laughs> it's hours and hours yes. of of preaching and days prayer and, and music and days and food and Mm -hmm. this is what this was but in a grander scale i mean uh there was such a cross great cross section of music that ever like you spoke like everybody could really be in it and i was Mm -hmm. i was appreciative of the fact that they had comics like mom's uh mabel um red fox was there uh there were um there were a few other people that were there and it just I love how they spoke to what was happening at the moment, right? So they spoke to poverty. They spoke to addiction versus, like we were saying, the landing mm-hmm. of the moon. And, and, and where, where its importance lands and depends of its own, you know, perspective. Right. You know, the speaking of, of the evolution of everyone. Yes. It wasn't just the evolution of blacks. It was the evolution of Stevie Wonder, of Glass Knight and the Pips. Mm-hmm. Of the Staple Sisters, of, singers, yeah, mm-hmm. of the singers, like 
it was just the revolution of the Black Panthers. The Nina Simone was highlight was a highlight for me, of course, because yeah. I love Nina, yeah. and um, Vaughn knows this, but <laughs> you guys I know think it too. We all know it. I absolutely love Nina Simone. Nina Simone is my call to arms. She is my, she is my, uh, she is my from the Black Pan from the Black Panther. Um, she is the leader of those of of the soldiers, the mm-hmm. protective soldiers whose name I can't remember, of Black Panther himself. Like right, right, right. The women she, warriors. She were those women warriors, mm-hmm. bold women warriors with the with the spears and the and the skills and the fierceness. When when there was a woman that said that when they saw Nina Simone, one of the attendees, it was as if she walked on water. She calls you to arms, mm-hmm. to fight, but she also calls you to be strong. She calls you to be loving. She calls you to love yourself. And she dares you to fight and to fight for yourself and to love who you are on magnanimous levels. And and for me, like I said, highlight of everything was that. But, you know, most important was for me was that the takeaway from it from the attendees was that we existed. Yes. You know, our colors and our communities and our sounds and 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 everything that like people in its many facets existed you know that we existed in our many facets we we weren't we aren't the monolith that that america likes to produce Mm -hmm. and to show we are we are everything we are beautiful right in this film the beauty and love of black people is what it truly was. It truly was like the black Woodstock. Right. And and the and what's interesting about it was 1969 was the first year where we started using the term black, black as yes. a representation of that us. That was also the evolution. As a people because before that, black was always sought, sought as a negative term. It was always used in a derogatory right. way. And they would say even, Negro. Even amongst us, we would not refer to other people as, as black because you were, you were offending people. Right. So the point is, in this time, black was used as a celebration. And, Absolutely. And it, it continues to this day. But in, and in, it also includes everybody because yeah. now it can be people from the different parts of the diaspora it yes. can be people from the caribbean yes you you know you people from other countries yes. you know canadians and mexicans canadians, and Haitians, so on and so Jamaican. forth you have so many other black people around the world because the one thing that the slave trade did that they didn't plan on doing was it spread at africans it around the world it us and we we're everywhere what they wanted to do was <laughs> right. disintegrate us but right it multiplied us. but it made us be a people that are everywhere around the planet so that's one thing for sure and uh that's the beauty of it i think and that's why i have to give this movie a, f- a five oh, and a half is, because it's it did so much 17 for me right it did so much <laughs> in this in the celebration of of black culture and black music and i think that unfortunately today i don't think music has the the gravitas yeah, we were talking about that this. that it you our music especially right now is getting kind of Lost it's very and watered down and very overproduced and one note. And, and one note. There's not enough variety. Like in this no festival, there's no you messages. Saw, you saw everything and yeah. everybody, all forms of yes. music, and and they had something to say. Yes. And even when it was just about the music and the vibe, right? It, there was a soulfulness was a in soulfulness. the music. There was something that took you back to Africa right. in the beats, in the rhythms, right. whether you got it from Hugh Masekela, right. whether you got it from the Latin artists on the yeah. street, on the stage, yeah, or whether you got it from Mongo, Sly and the Family Stone, and, or the Stone. gospel singers. Everything brought you back to Everything Africa. Everything brought you back to but Africa. But now... The percussion. Right. I don't know I what we're getting now, and well, I don't now, know where it's going. But. I think what's happening now is what we were discussing earlier. Is now it's one note. Right. It's heavily produced. The generation is different. They're not social. Um, they're hella social media. Uh, their interactions are nil. And when they are, it's based on what they've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, the soul is missing. But... And we're, I'm not trying to to denigrate the no, new music, of not. but what I'm saying to you there is, some is jewels in there too. explain what the mission is. Explain what you're trying to say, because music in culture alone, not just black, but in culture alone, has always had a message. Yeah. We've always been trying to say something. It is the artist's right to express themselves 
through their music. Right. And there has never been a time where they were really trying to just be derivative. Yeah. Even pop, black pop musical even meant something. Look at the Fifth Dimension. It was sort right. of, you know, airy and people blame them for not being black enough, but they were black in their own ways. Right. So it's because we're not all the same we're people. Not all, we're not a monolith. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying to you is I, I've and I'm, by you, I mean people who are younger than us, who are existing in the world today and your music what will you leave behind? Mary J. Blige is over 20 years old in this music industry. Over 20 years old. So is Jay-Z. So is A Tribe Called Quest. Mm -hmm. So is Common. So is Lauren Hill. Yeah. So is, you know, Think, Pick. And all those people have gathered music from the people before them. Yes. I grew up listening to nothing but Stevie Wonder, Hall & Oates, uh, all these guys who. No, I know. I loved Hall No, Hall and Oates was dope. I love Yes, I know Hall and Oates felt like bullshit 80s, but no, they had Hall lost soul in them, those two little white guys. They were blue eyed soul for <laughs> they were real. They were blue eyed soul. And yes, I know there's a connotation of thievery versus this, but they represented not that, not with and, them. They, and they acknowledge. So yep. what I'm saying is people took from rares, like, and they're still paying back to rares. Mary mentions mm -hmm. it in her film. Yeah. And so what I'm saying to you is, what ask yourself this question what will you leave behind because it's not money and it's not women and it's not sex yeah because that existed throughout every single generation what will you leave behind mm -hmm. because right now it's not productive yeah strive to be a little bit more and i realize that your 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 grass your upbringing is different from mine i had maybe i had a one-parent household but my one parent household grabbed from his parents and so and and my mother grabbed from her parents and so on and so forth. And I realized that the structure is different now, but we have to try and continue to push forward. Otherwise, will there be another summer or so? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. How many I how, agree. Rock the Bells, right. The Roots Picnic? Yeah. Um, what's the other one? Jay Z made in America. The Smoking Grooves tour. The Smoking Grooves tour from back in the days. Look at all these tours that right. people remember. Yeah. That search and 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 pick. Yeah. We have to do the same. Well, one thing I have to say, and I know we're running out of time. We have to mention. Oh yes. We have to mention How on the Hog. Oh yes, and, yes. And what How in the relation Hog, to what we've been because in, in the context of all of this, this is a a docu series on yeah. Netflix, it's which celebrates. African American food, yes, and what it has brought to the American culture high in the on world. The hog, how African American cuisine has transformed the world. It absolutely and incredible. It, it was a four-piece docu series brought to us by the chef and writer Stephen Satterfield, who traces these delicious moving through timelines from Africa to uh, Texas in this docu series. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, I can't. I can't tell you enough to go. I, watch and it. I told Vaughn to watch it. I was like, "You gotta watch this." Yeah, I was mad with myself for he, not watching. Yeah, he early. was a little, a little. Because I just thought it was gonna be another thing about barbecue. Right. But then when they referenced the Southern reference oh, of being high on the hog, and that's yes. something I understand one hundred percent because when you when you say that someone's high on the hog, you say, "Oh, they're living well. They're doing they're good. They're the doing. Hog. They yeah. think they special because yeah. they they live in a certain kind of way, yes. Yes. you know." But and and that means you're doing something, and I understand yeah. that high on the hog. Yeah. Yes. And and so and I was they, like, they okay. track back everything from and, yams to right. that expression. Black eyed peas. Just it was just beautifully <laughs> presented cinematically, and mm -hmm. it's a journey of the soul, Absolutely. you know, through our mind, body, and our taste buds. Black American food is American food, and yeah. this show links our favorites back to its origins. And if you are a fan of food and history, highly recommend this. It's on Netflix. Um, Summer of Soul is on Hulu. Yes. Mary is on Prime. Absolutely. And you have to check it out. Yes. I mean, you owe it to yourself. Please do it for um, Day and night. And listen to some music. Listen and to listen some to some music. Because quite honestly, my second love is truly music. And right. that's all I can live by. Yes. If I can't watch a movie. Um, so, you know what? This has been great. Thank you so much. Welcome back, Kev. Yes. So glad to... Uh, Y'all stop by. Absolutely. And episode number 70. Wow. Episode number 70 and enjoy it and listen to us for this long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie on Facebook. 
Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, where we co-host, also on Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes, and don't forget to reach out to us on any of these social media platforms. Yes. Let and us use, know what you think. Yeah, please. What do you want to drink? What do you want to talk about? What movies you want us to, to see? Yeah. Make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag BBM podcast. That is hashtag BBM podcast. We're so grateful to have you all around. Please watch all these movies. Drink some good bourbon. And don't forget black is beautiful all the time. Every single day. Every time. Don't let them lie to you. This is beer bourbon and a movie. movie.